Heyo, this is Liam, and this is podcast number two. Hey guys, <laughs> so second podcast. Um, yeah, I got some really good responses from the first one, and I appreciate all of you guys uh, keeping up and commenting and and all the support. Um, still no, really only one person came back with names that I should call this, so for the meantime, I guess it'll just be Happy New Podcast. Um, but again, if anyone out there has any ideas for names, I'd love to hear them. Um, today, today we'll be talking about, um, I thought I'd just hop right into it and, and talk about work. Cause I don't know, with, uh, all this, uh, pandemic, obviously it's, um, affected a lot of people, um, and how they work. So I thought I might talk about that as well. Um, just to start somewhere, especially because, um, work is such a, um, large part of, uh, who I am. I'm, I'm a very industrious person, uh, by nature. And, uh, many a joke have been made about the fact that I'm German and Chinese. So, um, if you, if any of you were already thinking that, which I'm sure you really weren't, but many a joke has been, um, passed on, on my heritage on that sense. Um, but yeah, uh, so for work, I'm going to just talk about some, some, uh, recommendations about how you should get a job maybe, or something like if you're not sure about a job, what you should be looking for. And again, this is just all comments and, and (laughs) recommendations from just a guy who's walked through life and honestly been pretty lucky with his jobs. So um, keep that in mind. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, I think I've had a few, quite a few jobs now, um, for better or for worse, and most of them in different sectors of, uh, work and types of those work. So, you know, uh, I think, I think I have a pretty varied, um, view of what work could be, um, for most people, you know? Some people, it's just a thing you have to do so you can pay off the bills. And for some, it's you go to work and you come back home and you try to spend that money doing something else. But for me, it's really, it really is a big part of my life. And it's always been a big part of my life. And I've never really shied away from it. So, um, yeah, that's what we'll be talking about here today. Um, I just want to start with a little housekeeping like I did in the beginning. Um, I'm just wondering for anyone out there, uh, I just, who's still listening to this, um, I just thought I would ask, how would you like me to share this? Do you want me to put it on Spotify, uh, other audio formats? I don't know too many other audio formats. Again, I'm somewhat new to this whole podcast thing. So if there's anywhere that's somewhat common to share audio or, or somehow I can automate this because I think most of all, what I'm, what I'm getting out of this is I don't really want to, um, send this out every single time I make a new podcast. Not that I, you know, I gotta like find all 10 people who like listen and then I have to like copy the, the URL and then send it to them. I mean, guys, it's too much work. 10 times to send out a podcast, too much work. But, um, jokes aside, I really don't want to try to find every single person and, and send it to them every single time. Um, I'd rather, um, just, you know, people look for it themselves, you know, as, as they should. I don't want to try to sell it 
to someone who doesn't want to listen. And really, it, the podcast should sell itself in ultimate, in the, like, ultimately, it should sell itself. I don't want to, I don't want to send it to people every single time. So if you, um, listen to this, uh, send me, shoot me a, uh, shoot me a, a comment or, or, or recommendation about how I should share this and best get it to you. Um, maybe, maybe even in the beginning, I'll make a list of people I'll, uh, commonly send it to if, if it really has to come down to it, but I'd rather try to automate this process and yeah. Um, formatting wise, I think I'm just going to always do them in one go. I don't think it'll, that will ever change. I don't think I'll do sections. Um, I think that's the best format for me just to keep going. So I don't get caught up in the nitty gritty because the thing about me and editing when I did like video editing, I'm always like very precise. I have to get all the, all the text in the right places and they all have to be like kind of perfect. So it takes a very long time to get a video done. So I think with this, it's, it's just best that I do it in one go and just let it be there. Um, and one more thing I just wanted to say is, I was just thinking about, like, I'm writing this down, and obviously this podcast has to be about something, right? And I figured it would not be about me. Um, so I was just thinking, uh, if anyone has a, uh, can think of, about this question, I was thinking a lot about what the difference, what, where's the line between narcissism and telling a story about yourself, you know? So, I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, I'm so awesome and did everything and that. No, no, there's definitely going to be some, some, uh, low points and, you know, high points. But, um, I was just thinking about that a lot when I was writing this. I was like, you know, this, this thing is going to be entirely about me. And I guess, you know, that's narcissistic in a way, but really I'm, I'm just here to tell a story. I don't want to have anyone think that, you know, I want it to be just about me. I, it just obviously has to be from my POV because that's the only way I can tell a story, <laughs> really. I mean, it's my story. I, I don't think I could tell it from someone else's um, point of view without, uh, you know, having that person and considering this is a solo podcast, uh, it's somewhat hard to do. But anyway, let's, let's just jump into it. Um, I'm just going to make a note here at the beginning that I will be using fake names for anyone I mention throughout this entire podcast. Um, no names will be real except my own because I just want to keep it, um, from, you know, getting out. Like, I don't think anyone's going to be specifically looking for these people, but I'd rather not have it come to bite me in the butt, um, later on. So yeah, all the names will be fake. Um, so I guess we start really in 2011, 2013. I'm like 11, 13 years old. Um, and you know, looking for jobs here and there for a little, little pocket change. I mean, I wasn't exactly paying hydro bills or phone bills. Hell, I didn't even have a phone till I was 19, I think. So I <laughs> didn't have to worry about phone bills at all, but um, no, I think I just wanted to get experienced with work. I don't really remember like starting and ever thinking like, oh, like I wish I could be doing something else. I mean, like <laughs> obviously, but like when I'm doing a job, I, I'm there to do the job. I'm never like, oh, like half ass it, you know, I'm like, 
I'll do the job and then make sure it's done and then go do something else. Um, rather than like, you know, uh, like for example, I did lining soccer fields. I'd never like go to a soccer field and then kind of maybe do half the field and then go home and say it was good enough. I'd make sure that the whole field was done properly and then go home and do whatever I wanted. Um, speaking of that job, it really sucked for my parents. I have to thank my parents because, uh, they always drove my brother and I, cause obviously we couldn't drive at the time and they just sit in the car and watch their kids line a soccer field with a little, uh, spray tray and, uh, <laughs> just sit in the car and wait for like half an hour as their kids bumbled around on a frozen soccer field. Um, yeah, I have to thank my parents for that. Um, did some babysitting, you know, neighbors, kids needed a babysitter once in a while. I didn't do that too often, but you know, I enjoyed uh, taking care of kids enough that I was, I was good enough, you know? Um, and then really most of my labor, I guess I remember growing up was really just lawn care and landscaping for just random people. Um, cause I grew up in a property with lot, well, I grew up in a larger property, which actually had like wild, not wildlife, but like a garden and, and like trees in it. So there was obviously stuff to take care of, mow the lawn, rake leaves, all that. So a lot of it was related to lawn care and landscaping or just straight up labor. So yeah. And growing up, I just had a lot of people who also had the same kind of job. So I took those. My first job that I really remember, um, and I wouldn't recommend, was for a client m named Mr. Green. Mr. Green had a very large house, very nice house, uh, by the ocean. Uh, I was hired to do roof work, and when I say roof work, I mean clean the roof. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's like pretty normal. And I'm like, yeah, it would be normal if, you know, this house didn't have a metal tin roof. So... I was like, okay, okay. So this was in the summer too. This was in like the hottest parts of the summer. I would go up. I, my day looked like I get there super early and I still didn't have a car. So I'd take a bus out to this site. I would strap up. Uh, we had to like lining equipment so I could never fall off the roof. Um, so I would, I would strap on my lining equipment, go up really early in the morning. Um, and it was still like pretty warm in the mornings. Like I wasn't like freezing. I was, I was warm and this was like six, seven o'clock in the morning. And, um, I'd get on the roof and I'd get the hose and I would just start cleaning this metal roof. And oh boy, he had a lot of roof to clean. And it was so hard. It was, it was difficult in the sense that I had to really make sure, um, in the same sense of painting where I was stepping, because once you got the metal roof wet, it was so slippery, you could not take another step on there, or you just slip and fall. I actually have probably a couple scars from that job, because I cut myself on that roof a couple times. But um, yeah, no, I uh, it's the first time in my life I remember being noticeably tan, like I was cooked like a hot potato on the roof. I could see heat lines in the middle of the day coming off the roof. And the worst part was I'd, I, I was so high up, I couldn't get a breeze from the ocean and I'd see people go swim in the water around noon. And I just watch them swim in the water as I'm up there in, in pants and in the t-shirt trying to scrub off the moss from this roof. 
Um, so yeah. <laughs> and also funny enough, I also built up an immunity to a fear of heights because, um, I was always on edge when I was up there because, you know, it's a metal roof and I had water and it was very slippery. So I had to be careful all the time. But, um, yeah, no, I was always in a state of constant fear. So something, <laughs> when, when you do something like that for so long, you, I guess, either will never do it again or you have to build up an immunity. And I guess I just built up an immunity for a fear of heights. So never been scared to work on ladders or roofs anymore. Um, and if I splat, I guess I splat. <laughs> I just want to make sure I splat in one go. <laughs> so... Yeah, and that was that was the summer at Mr. Green's. It it did not pay the best. It wasn't even a good paying job because I was so young. Um, so, um, and the one thing that really happened that I remember, it was mostly just me. So there's not much to tell, but um, there was one thing. There was a another girl who I worked with. I didn't really work with her, but she was around the site when I was around the site, and um, the client, Mr. Green, had his, his grandkids over. So I hear a yell for approximately like three seconds and I, I assume it's his grandkids like hooting and hollering in the front yard. I'm in the back on, on a different building cleaning the roof. And then I realized that a couple minutes later when Mr. Green and his, and his um, son are running around the property and they have a phone and the fire department's coming, I'm like, oh, something, something's happened. And apparently the painter had fallen off a, um, stand, uh, like a construction stand, uh, a good maybe 10 feet above the ground and hit her head. And, uh, yeah, I, I just remember trying to help the, uh, the emergency vehicles get into the yard and, and I didn't see the girl, but, uh, direct them to the front. And, uh, I took, I, I told Mr. Green, I was going to go home because it seemed like a lot and he agreed. So I took the day off. Uh, early, I think it was only about noon. Um, so I left and yeah, that was pretty, that was like the first time I've ever seen like a proper worksite accident. So <laughs> I guess, I guess this is just a moral to that story is don't do anything that you don't feel confident that you can do. Um, really listen to your gut. Um, know what your limits are. If you're not strong enough to lift something, don't, don't lift it. Um, ask someone for help. Don't try to impress anyone. I've never tried to impress anyone. Um, I've just played within my limit. And if I'm too weak, I say simply I'm too weak and they can find someone else to help me or someone else to pick it up entirely. So yeah, that's my first job. Well, first <laughs> kind of job, you know, my first company job, I was in grade 10. I think when I was at Mr. Green's, I was maybe 14, 15 years old. Um, yeah. So now we jump maybe a couple years, two years, one year. Um, and I'm in grade 10 and I, and I need a job to start paying for some stuff in high school. You know, you're out with your lads and you want to go out for food. That's money. You want to, you know, <laughs> I don't know, pay someone for gas money. That's money. Um, so yeah, I needed a job. And so I remember making up my resume. Um, oh, which reminds me of, of how much work I put into that resume, the first resume I ever put work into. And it was like, um, we had the corniest teacher at the school. They had a, a cap, I believe it was called and a career and personal planning. 
and it was a class and, and they got you to make a resume and they had steps and everything. And it's a good starting point, but, um, it was really, you know, it missed some points here and there, but it was, it was to get you, get your foot in the door. It was to get your foot in the door. But I remember we even had, um, people from the community, like, like company owners come in and, and do makeshift, uh, or mock, uh, interviews. And I rocked my interview. I'm pretty good in an interview. I, I want to say, um, but yeah, I rocked my interview and I was, when I get, when I remember getting a call back from, from the bakery that I applied to, they, they, uh, said, Oh yeah, come in. And I was like all nervous with, um, my questions and stuff. Uh, I had to, I had to make sure I asked enough questions. So I seemed interested, but you know, not enough that like I need to seem technical, but um, I remember going in and I was, I was prepared. I had everything, had a resume, had a cover sheet and, um, I go up and I see the, the, my manager and he says, Oh, okay. Hello. Uh, how are you? And I say, good, good. And he kind of shows me around the bakery and what my, my jobs would be around there. And then that w that was it. It was like a 10 minute interview. It was, could not have been a longer than 10 minutes. And it was, you're going to do this and you're going to have these days and you're going to, you know, and you're going to need this. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, do you have any questions? And I'm like, no, not really. It was pretty, you know, <laughs> pretty flat go. Right. Right. So there wasn't really anything to ask. So I was worried about all these questions that he might ask or anything. And really it was like, when can you start? That was the main thing. And, um, I was like, man, I really didn't need to put like 10 hours into a resume. So <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of kind of the main thing I got out of that. I was like, I walked into a place and got a job and didn't have to try. So, um, not saying it's like that every time, but I think I think people put too much um, effort into their first one, um, just because it's the first one. But really, I think for most people, uh, entry rate job is really looking for anyone with a pulse and and you know some a uh, uh, sense of responsibility. I would say it's the strongest thing. That they're looking for, not rather than your skills. They don't really care about your skills. Skills are good, but they'd rather know that you're a responsible person, I think, than, you know, someone who's like really, really good. Although, you know, being really good obviously can't be a letdown, but they're looking for someone responsible. So yeah, I uh, started working at the bakery and uh, <laughs> there were some funny stories there. It was my first time working with people. So yeah, it's a different environment when you get to work with people. I mostly worked solo jobs, like again, babysitting or, well, I mean, I guess, I guess it's not really alone when you're babysitting, but you, you're working by yourself. So, um, I had a lot of solo jobs. So I wasn't used to talking to people, uh, at my work. So at first I was a little bit, a little bit quiet because I wasn't used to it. But then, you know, you get to realize with those entry, level jobs that you really do need to, um, like the people that you work with because there's nothing really awesome about those jobs, you know, like it, it just is for some people maybe, and that's great. But for me, you know, it's just a job. It was a job. And so I tried to enjoy it as much as I could. I didn't hate it. I mean, I, I didn't love it by any means. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm, I'm it's my dream, but you know, I, I didn't hate it. And the people there were nice enough and, stuff like that. And it was my first time with a, with a company. So that was, that was new. And, 
Yeah. So it was really about making, you know, good, good friends with my coworkers. Like, uh, there was one guy there and, uh, his name was, uh, Ricky. Um, and he, he was kind of, he was a baker slash cake maker. And he, uh, <laughs> he liked to play a lot of pranks on the new, new guys. Um, so one time he told me, <laughs> that they had bakery olympics and i thought it was a thing i thought i i didn't know i it sounds dumb that i say it now but but the way he said it, it was it sounded like it was a friendly competition that they did to raise morale from for the company and i was like oh yeah like so what do you do in the bakery olympics and he's like oh you know you see how fast you can sweep a floor or cut the bread or or decorate a cake or something. And I was like, Oh, okay. And he says, yeah, yeah, go, go ask everyone around. And so <laughs> me being, being gullible little 16 year old me, it goes to ask someone else. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? And I'm like, you know, the bakery Olympics. And they're like, what? And I'm like, you know, the, 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 the bakery Olympics. <laughs> and I slowly realize, and it dawns on me that, you know, Ricky just had his, his go on me and that, that there was no such thing. There, there really wasn't. Although I wish there was eventually at some point, you know, even if I had to make it up myself, but it would have been funny. Um, but yeah, no, and it's those kinds of people that you want to be, um, good, good friends with when you're in these kinds of jobs, like the big, I guess, big company jobs, you know? Um, and yeah, I do have some solo stories. Like one time I was closing because I think they got me to do a lot of closing jobs. When I really started working there, they got me to do a lot of closing jobs because it was an after school shift. So I always stayed to seven o'clock, I believe, and closed up the store. But one time with well, your responsibilities, you got to clean up everything in the front and the cake decorators leave early. So I was cleaning the dishes in the front. So I turned on the sink and, and uh, put all the dishes in there that they use from the day. And I... Then, you know, went around and did other stuff as the sink filled. I then proceeded to forget about that task and come back. And half the front floor of the bakery is just flooded. There's a good centimeter, not centimeter, like a good two millimeters of water all over half the bakery floor. And I'm like, oh, crap. And so I go and I run over to the... And this isn't a grocery store. Like the bakery is just a little part of a grocery store, like the deli or anything. Um, and so I run over and the counter's right there and I'm like, Oh my God, why if anyone sees this? And I have like two hours maybe left on the clock and I'm working with someone else and they haven't seen yet. So I, I had the seniority there. So I just kept telling the other guy to go do other stuff in the back as I quickly mopped the entire front of the floor like a madman. And, uh, tried to, tried to get it as, as clean as I could. But actually, funny enough, I, I did it a little too well because the next day you, you could tell. I mean, no one asked me. No one, no one would notice, but I could tell the next day if you were really looking, you could tell exactly where the water had gone to because I had mopped it so well that half the floor was clean and the other half was just soaked in flour because it's a bakery. You're going to get flour everywhere, but the other half that's just completely clean and void of flour. Yeah, it was, it was a panicky moment in my, in my, uh, education of, of having a job. But, um, luckily it, it got resolved and no one, I was so scared that management was gonna walk in and ask for something and they just see like half the floor flooded and I'm like, oops. So luckily I got that done without anyone finding out. 
Um, <laughs> and I don't work there anymore, so I don't have to care if they, if they, you know, if they find out. So <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was, that was mostly, uh, mostly it. And then the only other thing was I didn't really, I'm not really too into sweets. So it was funny that, uh, so many, so many customers are like, Oh, what would you recommend? Like, how, how do you like it? Is it too sweet? And I'm like, well, I don't really eat too many of these. And they're like, what do you mean you don't eat too many of these? I'm like, what, 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 what do you think I mean? Like, I don't eat too many of these. Like, I, I don't eat sweets. They don't just hand them out like, like, like mints on a plane. Like, I, I have to buy them. And if I'm going to buy them, I'm not going to buy sweets. I'm going to go buy something savory. Like, I don't know, like something from the deli. And so, yeah, there's, there's a theme later on in my, in my you know, work experience, which will, We'll talk, actually, we'll just talk about it now. Yeah. Cause I, uh, I then proceeded to resign. And by the way, I've, I've resigned from a lot of jobs and, and none of them I got fired from. I just always have chosen to leave a job before they could fire me. No, 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 before they could fire me. I've always left on, on a good note and give two weeks of notice and all that. Um, no, I just always known when I'm happy and when I'm not happy or when I need to move on and, it doesn't scare me to put in a, a letter of, of leave, um, for, you know, my two weeks notice and, and just go. So yeah, after that, I think it was maybe a year or so, or maybe half a year, um, that I've worked at a cafe kind of of sorts. Um, they had, well, they had coffee obviously and, and they had, uh, pastries and then they also had food. So they also brought out food and that was my job as well. And so I then worked as a, barista of sorts, barista slash server. Um, and this was at Pier 17 in Davis Bay. Yeah, they were pretty new. They were pretty new and I, I, they paid well. Um, tips weren't amazing from what I remember. My pay was more, was better, was more impressive than, than anything else. I don't remember my tips being crazy, but, um, yeah, I just, I started working there and it was something, I guess new for me. So I was just trying to feel it out and there was a good work environment. And again, you have to make friends with the people there. So I did. And I, a lot of them were friendly and, you know, you always have crappy customers who want their coffee and who are upset when they don't get their coffee fast enough. So, you know, there's those people, but you know, can't really, can't really win them all. So sometimes you have good days. Sometimes you have bad days. But, um, yeah, and nothing really, I don't know, crazy humorous happened there. It was mostly just inside jokes and kind of had to be there moments, um, from, the, from that job. And yeah, uh, I guess I just picked up more work and uh, better work ethics and, and different, different skills. Like I can make coffee, even though again, <laughs> in this industry, I didn't drink coffee. So when people ask me, what I'd recommend. I, I, I couldn't recommend them coffee because I didn't drink coffee. So <laughs> I couldn't do that. I couldn't be like, Oh, the Earl Grey is real good. Or yeah, that's not even see, that's how bad I am at coffee. I just said a tea there. So, so you would have maybe a London fog. I think a London fog is a type of coffee. Um, no, I think that's still tea. Yeah. See, see, I, I drink tea a lot more than I drink coffee. So that just goes to show you. And then from that point on, I remember just, uh, not really, not really feeling the coffee vibe, like being a barista. Um, again, I didn't really drink coffee, so I had no, no hand in the game. So I kind of just resigned from that job and, you know, that was that. And 
found my own thing uh, moving forward. And then, yeah, we kind of jumped to 2018. And that's when, uh, <laughs> that's when the real, real fun begins with Watson Works. And what Watson Works was, it was a landscaping, um, side gig, I guess. Uh, I'd always done landscaping or labor beforehand before this and, um, found it interesting enough that I would, you know, follow on and, and do odd jobs here and there for a neighbor or something like that. Um, but when in 2018, I guess I just really went for it and, um, I just found a bunch of jobs. I mean, I posted myself on, on Craigslist and Facebook and stuff and, and advertised, but you know, I never had to pay for anything. I just put up a web, uh, a web, uh, ad and, and saw how many people saw it. And it really actually got cracking. I was, I was quite busy that summer, like full-time job, like every day had projects, had sites, had to talk to customers, you know, manage all that. Um, and actually even add a guy to my team and it, cause it was always just me and, and yeah, so I had a guy and I trained him and we actually had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, uh, he didn't really know it was his first job actually. Um, we'll call him Jimmy. Um, Jimmy, um, <laughs> it didn't have a job before this and he was like, I think in grade 10 or so. And, and so he was where I was when, when I got my first job. And so I got, I got him trained up to everything, uh, the standards that I would do my work. And, you know, um, that was good. And it was interesting to have someone work with me at such a personal level because I had to manage him. I was a manager. I was a boss of someone. So I, I was responsible for his safety and for his knowledge. And so I always made sure that, um, his safety and stuff came before everything else and, and made it very clear that that was the case. So it puts you in a very different position from employee where you just have to listen to someone and, and do it. Um, instead of, uh, instead of, you know, thinking about the precautions that you have to take to make sure that people are safe. But yeah, and then, and then I worked with Jimmy a lot and it was a lot of fun. I had, I always found, I always find, um, jobs that are funny, um, or something funny happened to them and they're, they're like supposed to be, you know, like proper jobs and something just a little different happens is, is quite, <laughs> quite funny to me. Um, and with my landscaping thing, I didn't even have a vehicle or anything. I mean, I, I knew how to drive. I had a full license, I think, but, um, I, I didn't have a car that was my own, like a pickup truck. I had, I had my mom's, um, Toyota, but <laughs> that was it. That was it. That's just how I got to the sites. And so, yeah, I was never, and I was never trained in anything. I was not certified by any means. And I always made sure people knew that I was like, I am, I don't have like carpentry or plumbing or electrics, um, under my belt, but like I kind of had done enough of everything to know the basics. I mean, I never touched plumbing and electrics cause that you could really frick with that, you know, <laughs> someone's just not going to have plumbing for a couple days or you're going to electrocute yourself. Um, is not a good idea. So I, I didn't touch those, but, but carpentry had done enough that I could handle, uh, you know, skill saw and, uh, or jigsaw and, and just, um, you know, cut, cut pieces to dimensions and stuff. And that, that always helped. But, um, yeah, no, but other than that, I, I was just, 
I had picked up enough experience through the years that I kind of knew what I was doing without anyone having to tell me what to do, which is all you really need. So, yeah, and then, and then, um, that was Watson Works, my little startup landscaping thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, and, and this kind of continued on for the entire summer, um, and faded away as the, as the winter came. And I, I, uh, would then went to IGA actually, um, as this kind of faded away, I, I went to IGA produce and, um, oh, and, and then for the landscaping, it also just kind of flips, um, flip flops, um, in the future. Like I always just had it in the back pocket for work. So if I ever needed work, I just call a client and ask if they needed anything done. And a lot of the time they would. So I always had this job in the back pocket. So through from, from 2018 forward, I kind of just had jobs on the side. So I might mention jobs from, from landscaping and that just assume that that's, uh, my landscape at Watson works coming back. So, but yeah, um, actually, and, and, uh, I forgot to mention though, <laughs> my greatest job site and that was the farm. And the farm, <laughs> before IGA, um, I, as, as what, as a Watson's work employee, um, or manager, I guess, I worked, uh, the farm. And the farm is the nickname we called my buddy's place. And I'll just call it, uh, Bob, Bob's farm. That was Bob Jr.'s, my friend, uh, his father. Um, and the reason we called it the farm is because it was the most backwards, freaking most workaholic place ever like you could you could work on it for years and then never be done and so me and him uh i think earlier on there how i started there is is i uh actually helped him work because his dad just needed a hand uh sometimes and i wanted to hang out with bob and he couldn't go out until well bob jr until um he'd finish his chores so i helped him with his chores so we could head out faster um, and then it just came to a logical conclusion that I should just get a job there and his dad would pay me, Bob, and <laughs> I could just, you know, do it, do it, uh, on, on a schedule. So I did that and oh boy, there was some really backward stuff we did there. Like we, we found these rocks, like build like cement blocks and we'd smash them with like sledgehammers and other rocks and then we'd roll them like pick them up this was in the middle of the summer and we picked them up and rolled them and we made a a wall a like foundation wall to hold um like a whole level of of rock and sh and soot and stuff like to actually like it was on the side of a staircase and we just pretty much just stacked rocks on top of each other filled them with with dirt and called it a day and these rocks were like close to maybe like 200 pounds um and so they they were really a hard struggle to to run around especially when you had to do more than one and make sure they fit too um <laughs> other other stuff just included like uh uh we had a pool fix and I don't recommend getting high school laborers for your pool because um <laughs> one of my buddies he didn't really know what he was doing so he would do something and then we'd follow behind him and just fix everything that he'd done he 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 hadn't done right so just you know it was it was us doing our work and then also fixing his so it just made it even more troublesome 
Um, and then with all the, all the stuff that they took away, they like, uh, this is where we introduce my favorite segment. Um, and that is the legend of the shipmobile. And <laughs> that's, that's the, the name of his van, the family van that they used. And they, they use this van like a workhorse. They used it for everything. I remember we picked up, they, they put in brush, they put in green waste, they put in construction materials. Um, we actually went, uh, myself and Bob, uh, went to, um, a, a lumber mill, picked up so much lumber and put it in the back of this thing that we had, like, shit you not, like two inches of room between the back fender and the ground. And he thought it was, Bob was like, oh, it's fine, it'll go. And I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yes. We take the first turn and there's so much weight that, that shuffs to the right side that it immediately just grinds on the ground. And he's like, okay, we're going to unload half of this. And I was like, okay. And so we unload half of it and uh, we come back and pick up the rest and, and it worked out fine. But Man, we, we loaded that thing and you, they used it to maximum workhorse capacity. I have, I have a Instagram page of me filling the van just full of green waste. Like, like the side, it had the sliding side doors. And so we just opened the sliding doors and just filled it top, like bottom to top full of green waste. We didn't care. We didn't care what, it, <laughs> and you should have seen the looks we got when we got to the landfill. And we just were like, green waste? And they're like, yes, but you have a minivan. Like, they didn't say this, but you could see it in their eyes. <laughs> they were saying, you have a minivan, and it's filled with, with, with like, lawn clippings and, and, and not even, like, there was maybe a tarp on the bottom. That was the best that happened to this thing. And then, um, it just, <laughs> we just pulled out the tarp and ripped all the stuff down and, and kind of sh- sweeped out the inside of it and called it a day. And, uh, yeah, it was just stuff like that, like kind of like backwards, forwards, it'll work, but not really kind of stuff that just made this place the farm, which was just funny. Um, if you're familiar with how, how to make egg noodles, we made cement similar to like how you made egg noodles. And so we would get a cement mix, put gravel and sand in it, and then one guy would spray the whole mix and the other two would use shovels. Like you needed three people to one person to spray and two people to shovel. And it was me and Bob Jr. who ran around and used the shovels to keep putting in and mixing. And this is just on the ground. This is just on a concrete driveway. This isn't in a bucket or anything. And we just keep mixing until it got to the right consistency. And then we put it in a bucket and they didn't have wheelbarrows. They didn't believe in wheelbarrows there for some reason. It was, it's actually quite a, quite a thing that we, we had to work around a lot of the time that they didn't have any wheelbarrows because, uh, Bob couldn't pick up a wheelbarrow with his back. So we just had a, a dolly, like a floor dolly with like four wheels and we'd fill these buckets full of cement and shuffle them like ridiculous lengths to try to get them to the work site and then pour them and, and, see if we got the mix right. And if we, and the, the, the kicker was if we didn't get the mix right, we cracked it, shuffled it away and then used it in the next mix when we did get the mix right. (laughs) And so, yeah, it was just, it's just years of, uh, 
of this happening, just, just backwards kind of stories and, and things that just would make you shake your head. Um, yeah. Like they had a, a whole tower on the property and, and they built this pretty much this entire tower and it's like the size of a small shed, but on like imagine a shed, but then with another shed on top of it. And that was just tower. And they pretty much almost finished it. And then one of their neighbors, I think, ratted them out to the city. And the city was like, do you have a permit? And they were like, mm, kind of. And so they got they, the city sent inspection and said they were too close to the water. And so they fought the city for what was like five years, I think, to finish this thing. And they, on the day that they finished it illegally um, was the same day that they got their building permit. I think, uh, verified by the city, which was just funny. It was just funny that they had to fight that long and, <laughs> and they still kept building it and, um, it, it somehow worked out. So that's just the way that you did it on the farm. <laughs> um, so yeah. And that was, that was long summer days and you worked from early morning into the evening and, it was, it was, uh, it was interesting work, I'll say. I didn't not enjoy myself, but it was, you know, hard labor. So it is what it is. It's, it's, it was funny, I think. And that, that was the main thing that got me through it. It was, it was funny as frick to think about what you do the next day and, and, and how you get around it. Like, we don't have a wheelbarrow. I guess I just have to make a trough so we can, like, slide the sand to the other side or something or, or, or something like that. And, uh, I actually have an Instagram page called Watson Works, uh, 24.7 that, um, you can look up and there's some stuff that seems a little backwards and that was probably at the farm. And then, yeah, and that was on behalf of Watson Works. And then after all that, uh, was behind me in the, in the fall, I got a job at, uh, IGA at a produce and I don't know, there's not really nothing here to say. It was kind of just a filler job. Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, I didn't, I liked my coworkers and everything, but again, it was like the bakery job 2.0. It wasn't really anything crazy to talk about. And, um, there was, you know, funny people there and, and had some good times, but then, then again, you know, you had to be there and, and all that. So, um, the only thing I really remember that was kind of humorous was, was my first day and my first day I get there and I get my lunch and, um, I bring it upstairs and there's someone else, uh, older, older gentleman, not like crazy old, but looks to be in his like forties and he's sitting down and eating and I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. And I'm, I'm just like trying to eat my lunch and he, he's like, Oh, hello. And I'm like, hello. And we, we talk and he asked me a bunch of questions like what I'm, what I'm interested in, like how, how I'm finding it. And I'm like, Oh yes, it's all good. It's all good. And I like to play soccer and and all that. And then he's like, oh, okay, okay. And he, he's like, oh, okay, my shift's done. Like, I'll talk to you later. And, and before this, I'd only seen this guy in, in, um, dairy. Like he always stocked the dairy shelves. So I just assumed he was another worker in the store, you know, and it wasn't until later that I found out from one of my coworkers that it was the owner of the store. And that I had been talking to the owner of the store the whole time. I had just been on my lunch break and I could have said so many things that were so wrong, <laughs> but luckily I didn't and everything turned out well. But yeah, that was, that was funny that I was talking to the, the owner slash manager of this whole store and I didn't realize it for like a good, good hour that, you know, cause when I, when I got my job, you'd think like, Oh, how did you know he wasn't your boss? I'm like, because my boss was the boss of produce, like the manager of produce took my, 
took my resume and, and hired me. The, the owner, he, he just kind of oversees the whole store and apparently dairy a lot of the time. So I didn't really know who he was until like, like I said, much, much later. Um, and then after that, yeah, IGA. And then I kind of went back to doing some landscaping work. Um, and doing that, I found a window installation job. And all I can say about that job is that I hated that job. Oh my God. I hated that job. That job was so, so bad. It was, it was, it was like the equivalent of like plunging toilets for a living. It was so bad. Like the pressure, the skills needed. I, I'm, I'm going to admit, I definitely was not ready for that job, but my, my boss was also just a horrible teacher. He was a horrible, horrible teacher. He was professional and very good at his job, but that does not make you a good teacher. He was so rough on like what you had to do. I was in constant fear. I remember that I was in constant fear that I was going to like screw something up. Um, I never did anything right. Like, uh, it was, it was a horrible job. I actually accidentally, um, cut someone's internet on that job. I cut through cause I'm cutting, um, we were redoing the windows. So I'm cutting out a frame for one of the windows and I don't see it because it's tucked underneath the the framing outside the house. And so as soon as I cut through it, I see that I cut and I was thinking, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so fucked. <laughs> and I was, I was so scared to tell my boss. Um, and so I, I, I told them cause I didn't want them to not like, I didn't want the, the people to be like, Oh, your internet's like not my internet's working. You know anything about that? And I'd be like, no. So, you know, honesty is the best policy. So I told my boss, he was upset. I was upset. Luckily, um, he knew he was in the trade, so he knew a guy, an electrician that could come by and fix it. So, uh, the same day. So luckily I, that was okay. That was okay. He just got this guy to fix it and it was fine. Um, no skin off my back and no skin off his. So, uh, I did one job. I did one job, uh, with him and that was it. I knew that I was an in and out job. I got paid and I was freaking done with it. Um, I had, <laughs> had the experience. So if I ever need to install, install a window, I know how, but for anyone out there who's like, Oh, I'm interested. No, no, you're not. You don't like window work. It's the worst. <laughs> and then after that, I guess I thought it would be a good idea to, um, look into other work. So I found a tile cu cutting company cause I was still interested in carpentry. Don't get me wrong. I just hated who I worked for and what the work needed to be, right? So I found a tile cu cutting company and, uh, they were a smaller company and super nice people and, and professional. And I, I liked that. So, um, yeah, I, I was the mortar monkey. Um, I would make like, a, like imagine a super egg beater, like a egg beater on a jackhammer and then in a bucket. So I had to make sure that the bucket wouldn't explode. So I had to do, this is, this is all I remember doing, doing buckets and buckets of mortar for the tile laters because what I do is I pour in enough mix to fill the bucket, but not overfill the bucket. Add enough water that the mortar is, you know, semi loose, but not, you know, hard enough that the, that the tile layers will be able to work with it. So, um, I had to make sure that it was just the right consistency and, um, that I didn't break the bucket because the mixer was actually so strong that if you put it on full blow and didn't watch what you were doing, you could easily just blow through a bucket, like just explode the bottom of a bucket mixing this stuff. 
So <laughs> I just remember doing buckets and buckets of it. And it took me a little while to figure out the right mix and everything. But, um, yeah. And then, and then there was other stuff I did, but not as much, but I was mostly the mortar monkey, but what I did was a uh, cleanup and demolition. And, um, I actually have like the cleanest scar of my entire life because of that job. Um, and that's not, I'm not bragging. I'm not like, Oh, I have the cleanest scar of my entire life. No, no. It's just, I remember it so clearly in my head. I was doing a demo job of this, of this shower. It was the worst demo job I've ever seen. It, they glued. Okay. Why people, for, for those who don't know, why people use mortar to put your tiles on a, on a, in a shower is because when you, if you need to take it apart, you can actually just kind of tap the mortar with a hammer and the mortar will loosen and release the, the tiles. You can actually get the tiles almost entirely, um, back if you do it right. But, um, whoever had done this job just glued them on. So we had to take a hammer and a chisel and just go to town. Like imagine like chiseling glass. That, that was our job. And so we had to be so careful. But, um, one chip just flung by and I remember it like almost in slow motion, just going past my arm and just like, just lightly like dabbing my skin so much so that I saw the cut. And then I saw the blood go into the cut. Like it was that like surgeon precision kind of clean. It was, it, it bled a lot too because it was so clean, but, um, it didn't hurt that much. Um, surprisingly enough, it didn't go that deep. It just was such a clean cut that it was perfect. And, um, yeah, no, I've gotten other cuts from like, brambles and stuff that that were definitely deeper and rougher and they've healed up fine but this one i can still see on my um left arm and uh yeah it's the cleanest cut i've ever had in my entire life that i remember um but yeah and then that kind of leads to um to 2020 this this was all the tile comp the tile and the window and iga was all in like 2019 so i was like 19 18 years old trying to figure out what I'd do. Um, so I was, I was 28, uh, or 18 or 19. And then in 2020, um, I went from kind of, I came back. Did I come back from school? Yeah, I came back from school because, um, there's a little portion there. I, I don't think I have all the timing right, but there was a portion where I went to school and then I came back. And then when I came back from, school I was looking for a job and I was going through Craigslist because that's how I got a lot of my work back then I, I did a lot of, and I still do I still look through Craigslist um yeah if anyone's looking for a job just small recommendation just look through online sites and try to find like legitimate things like always look into them a little more than just the surface but um if anyone's worried about like first-time work or anything like just look online lots of people just want like labor for cash, you know? So it's not, it's not a bad gig at all. Um, but yeah, no, I saw this ad and this is, this is what I I'm looking forward to this year. This is what I want to do. And, and I want to continue to do. Um, it all started with, uh, an ad saying that they wanted farm work, that there was a farm going up and I had been interested in farm work beforehand, but, um, couldn't find any. 
um, as I live on a very small, you know, <laughs> coastal area. Um, and so I was looking and looking and luckily this Craig's list popped up and I responded to it. And a couple of days later I got a response and, uh, it seemed, seemed like they were interested in my labor and that they'd want a, um, interview. And so I was like, sure. And so I go in for the interview. Um, what I remember from that day is that I was, it was very, very wet. <laughs> it was pouring rain and that I was a little late. And so, uh, from the emails, I assumed I'd be talking to a woman. Um, cause it seemed to be from, from what I could tell, it just seemed to be the woman. And so I went and I went to the location and, and I, uh, I parked and it was pouring rain. So it was really hard to see, but, um, a little down the, a little down the farm in the front part, I see what looks to be a man and a dog. And I go down and, and, and say hello. And cause I wasn't entirely sure where I was cause farms don't have the easiest addresses to, to sit, to, uh, point you in the right direction. So I was looking for someone who could point me in the right direction. And I say, hello, my name's Liam. I'm, I'm here for the job. And he's like, Oh, hello. Hello. And I, it was, Later on, I learned that it was the partner of the woman I'd been talking to in the corresponding emails. And so, uh, we were both a little confused because his wife, uh, we'll call him James, uh, had not been told by his, his wife that I was coming. So I, it was a surprise to him and a surprise to me that I was doing an interview. Luckily, I was all suited up. I was, I was in, um, um, work pants and a, and a shirt. And so the interview was kind of formatted in a, um, uh, work and talk kind of format. So I was, I was ready for it. I was, I was kind of expecting this to happen. So I was, uh, talking to him and telling him about all my landscaping. I, I didn't even have any papers on me. I didn't have anything or, 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 you know, resumes or cover letters or anything I did in the, in the beginning, right? Like for the bakery job. I, I don't think I did that like at all, except for maybe IGA, um, from that point on, um, I just used my, my verbal communication skills to purvey what my skills and, and interests could be, you know, but, um, yeah, I kind of just used, uh, vocal, uh, interviews from then on because I always found it easier to express my skills and, and relevant points because there's so much stuff that I've done now. Um, I have trouble making up resumes because I have to think about what is relevant, um, work experience, you know, like what, if you work <laughs> for your life and you will, um, you have to think about what is relevant. So I have to come up with like 50 resumes now to think about, um, or, or come up with a new resume every single time. Cause there's not just one that will cover a specific job. So if I want customer service, I'll probably put in IGA in, in the bakery. Um, but if I want like construction, I'll put in tile cutting and window installer, you know? So I have to come up with a couple resumes for, for different jobs. So yeah, I then had a work and talk, um, job right there. And, and I think the only thing that really got me the job was the fact that I said that I knew how to dig a hole. And the, that's the funniest thing. You can say the funniest things and get a job. I, I know a friend who, who literally got a job because he and the manager both liked the same game. And so they just talked about games and that was it. And then he got the job. So yeah, it's funny what you have to bring up in an interview to get a job.
so I then um, proceeded to work on this farm, and this farm is uh, and has been a um, proceeding um, development. They they were like it was a hobby farm before they had bought it. The couple, uh, James and we'll say um, Sarah, we'll say Sarah. Um, James and Sarah had bought this farm and weren't expecting to farm it, but because of COVID, they had to for forego that and, and push plans forward. So, um, luckily I was, I was, uh, you know, uh, there and, and I, there was one other employee, we'll name him, um, Steve. Um, Steve worked with me and and Steve and I got along, um, sometimes not as well as we should, but we got along and, um, yeah. And I had a very good time on the farm. I, I enjoyed myself immensely. I, it was a ground up build. I put in the irrigation. I dug holes so we could put in posts. I put in new, we tilled new fields. We put in crops. I'd get there early. I'd, I'd, we'd do morning yoga. Um, we would, uh, grab all the stuff for the stand because we had a little stand by the road where we sold the produce. So I'd help with customers who were asking questions or, um, if they wanted anything or, or stuff like that. And so it was just a really great roundabout way or round rounded job that, uh, I enjoyed immensely and plan to continue to do in the future. Um, but yeah, and, and with that, lots of funny things happen. Like, uh, the, the legend of Fort Watson versus Fort Pleasant, which was, uh, Steve's, Steve's, uh, last name. And so, um, <laughs> I had built this fort out of uh, w- uh, split rounds that the farm had and uh, called it Fort Watson. And so my coworker thought it'd be funny if he, um, my coworker hadn't worked on it at all, um, put up a sign and said Fort Pleasant. And so throughout the, throughout the, the work term, um, I think it was only like a couple months, maybe three months, we switched the sign of Fort Watson and Fort Pleasant over and over. I once named the, the toilet trees Fort Pleasant and he didn't notice for a good week, which was kind of funny. Um, and the, and the owner was, he was pretty, uh, <laughs> he's a funny guy too, because, uh, there was one time we had to move a goose shed and, to move the goose shed was just a tool shed. And so to move it, we put it on a piece of ply, hooked it up to the tractor and pulled the ply and just used the ply like a sled to move the shed. And I said, it'd be so funny and in such a waste if we didn't use this for something else. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, like what happens if we had like tea time? And I was saying this mostly as a joke. I didn't think he would actually go for it. And I said, what happens if we had tea time on this? And he's like, that's a brilliant idea. Go get the table right now. And I was like, what? And he's like, go get the table right now. And so I go grab the table and, um, we make a small video of him touring the whole farm with a, with a tractor and a tea, like a, a table, two, two sets of chairs, two people and a tea set on top. And they're just having tea. And, and, uh, my boss is touring them around the farm on this tractor, which I thought was hilarious. But, um, yeah. And, uh, other, you know, just, uh, it was a good experience all in all. I really, uh, enjoyed my experience there and all the people I met and the, the things I learned. I definitely did learn a lot of things. You don't, 
you do not go into farming for the money. <laughs> you definitely do not. It is hella expensive, and you have to have a lot of land if you plan to make a lot of money. So um, I had to make sure I was I was really efficient at what I did. And I think that was mostly prevalent in a, a lot of my things. There's always a, uh, you should, you know, be, be working as efficiently, not as hard, but you know, you should be working hard, but as efficiently as you can. So there's just certain things that I learned to be more efficient at. And I think that was a really good part of my learning experience with, with my farming career, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, and then that kind of ended in the winter and, and that kind of brings us to 2020 where I just continued doing some landscaping gigs cause I couldn't really go back to any other work cause you know, work was kind of shut down. So outside work seemed to be the most prevalent. Um, I had a new guy, I trained a new guy and that was, that was interesting and funny. Had some good times with him too. Um, if I ever refer to him, I'll call him Johnny. And, uh, yeah, and then landscaping, and then I moved out, and I needed a job. Uh, this was, yeah, this is 2020 September, and I moved out of my house and um, needed a job. So I worked for a tree-cutting company. Um, hard job. I don't recommend it unless you – you can make a lot of money, but only if you know how to climb a tree with a saw, which I didn't do. So I didn't make a lot of money. Um, I was just a guy who threw stuff in the chipper, so – uh, it was an interesting experience. I I like having these experiences, like little little badges on my uh, <laughs> on my lapel that I can say like, oh, like I I did tree cutting, like I worked with a chipper, I I did all this funny stuff, you know, like might be useful somewhere someday maybe. And uh, yeah, and then that leads me to my most recent jobs, which is a plant store and a pizza delivery place, or I work. Um, pizza delivery and then at a pizza shop. So, um, yeah, I don't really have any stories from that, but I think if I do, I'll put them on another podcast. Uh, this is already getting pretty long. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> lots of different delivery stories. Those are funny. Um, different delivery stories are, are a whole beast of their own, but, um, I'll put them in another podcast if, if it really seems necessary. Um, and yeah, and then, and then I always do odd jobs here and there to pick up some cash from, from Watson works and yeah. And that's, that's up to 2020 and now we're in 2021 and I'm hoping to continue just to work the appliance store and pizza delivery and hopefully in the summer or even earlier, if needed, I can work back at the farm and tell you guys some funny stories and, um, record the, the building direction of this farm, which I think is cool because it really is a ground up build, um, which I'm really looking forward to, but yeah, I've been talking for like a good hour now. So I think I'm going to end here and hopefully you guys have listened long enough to hear me mumble about all this stuff that I've done and, uh, and, and funny crap that I've did. And uh, I'm hoping that some of you have some funny stories about jobs and customers and funny things that you had to do, you know? Um, just bringing some humor into a workplace is just a very odd thing. And I think it's, it's, it's one of the better humors, um, out there. So yeah, um, I think I'm going to end it here. Uh, hope you guys are having a good day. And if there's any comments, questions, or recommendations of topics or things you'd like to hear, um, hopefully things I can talk about, um, I'd love to hear them. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.